Glad to have you with us. If you're here worshiping in this space or if you're online, very grateful uh, to have you with us this morning and be encouraged by one another. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Brian Robertson. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. Uh, and if you are just a regular Crossroadian part of the family here, it's always just good to be encouraged by your presence uh, and your singing and your worshiping alongside each other. If you are newer to our family, I hope that you feel more like family when you leave than when you first came in. Very grateful to have you. Uh, we do have a gift for you if you're newer. Maybe this is even your first Sunday out in the worships or out in the lobby. There's a gift for you there. Uh, mark in your communication card. We'd love to follow up with you uh, to connect to you uh, throughout this coming week. Uh, ways which you can know how to plug into the family here. I'll be up here in the front. If you want to spend a few moments and just kind of introduce yourself uh, to me, that'd be, I'd be very grateful for that. Uh, but this past week uh, has been difficult uh, for me personally and for uh, my family. Uh, many of you know that a week ago, uh, my mother unexpectedly passed away uh, in her sleep. And I'm very grateful for the staff here at the church to pick up uh, in my absence and to lead uh, the service last week and to give uh, us some space uh, during this last week to, to kind of go through the various things that we have to go through. I'll be uh, traveling a little bit in the next couple of weeks, and so you won't see me for a little while. So just want to give you a heads up uh, about that. But I'm very grateful. But this week has been a tough week uh, for my family. But it's not just tough for me. It's been tough for the church family over these last few months. And this is for two months of this new year, to my count of what I personally am aware of, there's been a half a dozen or more people in our church family that have, that have experienced a death in their family. And multiple people in our church family are caring for elderly parents who are ill and who are not doing well either. And so these last few months, these last few weeks here, uh, we have been affected by loss and by grieving. Maybe not even loss of death or loss of a life, but many of us have lost jobs or relationships, close, close friendships, and the way, and it goes. We're in the midst of Lent, and we had planned in this Engage series to talk about worship and about how we engage in worship through sacrifice and how we come to God and we, we meet him in refreshing ways when we uh, worship him. Uh, and as we started thinking about it, started putting that stuff together, and I've got lots of thoughts to go in that direction, just felt appropriate to pivot the service this morning and uh, talk about grief and talk about loss as we've experienced it, talk about how to navigate through grief. We are apprentices to Jesus, and our whole church is uh, surrounded around helping people to apprentice themselves after Jesus, to learn how to do our life in the way Jesus would do it if he were living our life. In all areas of our life, and that includes grief. How to navigate grief, how to navigate areas of sorrow and difficulty as followers of Jesus. And while we all grieve differently, and it will be in a different path for each of us. It's like a fingerprint. Everybody grieves slightly differently. There is a way to navigate through grief that acknowledges that we are eternal beings with a destiny in God's good universe, and to allow that identity to give shape to how we grieve and how we navigate the loss that we are feeling, both individually and collectively as a church. And this may seem obvious and may not even need to be said, but I'll say it anyway. 
Uh, I'm speaking this morning not as an expert on grief, but as one who's in the midst of it himself and one who is navigating and seeking to navigate it as best I possibly can according to the promises that we have in Christ. And so I'm going to ask for a little grace this morning. I have notes. I always do. And today I'll probably be more tied to my notes than I normally am for, for a whole host of reasons. But I want to take our lead this morning from the words of Jesus. I want us to focus in on who Jesus is and how that leads us towards a way of healing and a way of navigating the loss that we experience. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In our mourning, in other words, we are blessed because we have the ability to meet God's comfort. We are not blessed because we mourn, so we don't search out mourning so that we can get God's blessing, but in our mourning, we are blessed when we receive the grace and the comfort of God. So if you are grieving this morning, at whatever level that you may experience loss or grief, I hope to encourage you this morning. I hope to encourage myself this morning. And if you're not in the midst of a loss right now, if you're not in the midst of a grieving situation right now, I hope that you will take something with you. Hope that you'll take something with you to enable you to persevere in faith trusting in God's governance for good. For when suffering comes to us, which it always does, when none of us are immune to it, I want us to be prepared. I want us to be able to walk through it. So this morning, I'm going to just give us two ways to navigate through loss. And I don't mean that to trivialize it or to minimize loss or suffering as if it only takes two steps to a healing heart, because it doesn't. It takes an ongoing repetition of cycling through the process of healing. But these two things that we continually come back to will help us navigate the loss that we experience and that we might be faithful to the call of God in our life. So let me pray for us, and then we'll navigate together as we go through. Jesus, we recognize your presence and goodness, even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of loss and death, loss of jobs, loss of life, loss of relationships. And so we come this morning, whether we're listening to this online or we're here in person, we pray for your presence to be tangible with us, that we need you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So first thing, first way in which we can navigate through, and this is simply to give God our grief. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety or all of your cares, another translation says, on him because he cares for you. If I hold on to my grief and try to manage it all my own, then I will find myself being irritable and unmotivated and aggravated at times. But if I'm going to heal, we need to recognize that I cannot heal on my own. I cannot go through the grieving process on my own. And on the surface, that sounds like a very Christian thing to say, right? Just give it to God. Just, just give it to God and like it just magically goes away. And that doesn't happen. 
And yet we are called to give, to cast our worries, our anxieties, our cares on God because he calls for us or he cares for us. So what does it mean? Without just being trite Christian thing to say, what does it mean to give God our grief? How do you do that in very practical ways? First, take the time to grieve. Take the time to grieve. Sometimes we live with this false narrative that because we are Christian and we have this eternal perspective that we should not feel pain. We shouldn't feel grief or loss because we have eternity to think about. Sometimes we think and we've been told that the Christians, uh, because of our faith, we just ignore the pain. We just ignore it. And that's a false narrative. That's, that's not true. There are countless examples of people in the scripture who wailed in their grief, who cried out in their sorrow and in their sadness. In both the Older Testament and the Newer Testament. David, in the Older Testament, wrote many of the Psalms and he cried out in his grief. If you know the story of Esther, the person Mordecai wailed in the streets and fasted and wailed or is bitterly because of his sorrow. In the Newer Testament, Mary the mother of Jesus cried at the crucifixion of Christ. And Jesus himself was afflicted and knew, and knew grief. The story of Scripture is a story of real people with real problems, with real pain, with real sorrow, with real grief. And there's a time for us to feel it, to feel it, to not blow, blow past it and to feel like it's going to go away. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. In our grief, in order to give our grief to God, we have to take time to feel it. To feel all of the sadness and all of the burden and all of the heaviness, to not push it aside, to not overly spiritualize it, to not Christianize it, but to feel the weight of the loss that we feel. But we also have to know that God cares. In that Peter passage, Peter tells us to cast our cares, our anxieties, our fears, our worries on God because he cares for us. God is not indifferent to our suffering. He knows about our suffering. He cares about our suffering. He experiences it right alongside us. And so we can give it to God because he knows it. And this is not a care like a just pat you on the back and send you back in and kind of kiss your boo-boo and keep on going kind of a care for our sorrow. But this is the kind of care that identifies with the suffering and the pain that we experience and is with us in the midst of it. The older prophet Isaiah talks about the Messiah, talks about Jesus, and he describes him this way in Isaiah chapter 53, that he, meaning Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He's not left us to deal with our suffering on our own, but he is very well of it, well aware of it. He's very familiar with the pain that we suffer. God has not left us alone, but in the greatest expression of care that you could ever give someone, God has chosen to be with us in our suffering, in our pain. 
when words fail you and you don't know what to do, the greatest gift you can give somebody is your presence. And that's exactly what God has given us in Christ to know the suffering that we experience. What we hold as to as Christians, the hope that we hold to is that the God of the universe sees our suffering and the pain that we are in and in his great love has chosen to be with us in the midst of it. And on the cross, Jesus definitively dealt with the suffering and the pain and the grief in our world by conquering it. How do you know that God is not indifferent to our suffering? How do we know that God cares about the sorrow and the grief and the pain that we're experiencing? Whether it's on the level that I'm experiencing or a level that you are, how do you know? Because he has taken it on himself. He has chosen to enter into our suffering and to take it on himself and to conquer it on the cross. Later in Isaiah 53, it says that he, meaning Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. When we give God our grief, we take the time to recognize the pain that we are suffering through, recognize that he has not left us, he's not indifferent to the suffering, but he has suffered right alongside us, and he has healed it. He has healed it. Thirdly, if we're going to give God our grief, we need to tell him how we feel. We need to tell it to him. And we're not very good at this. I'm not very good at this. Because when we begin to allow ourselves to feel the weight of the loss that we are experiencing, it can be overwhelming to the point of tears and uncontrolled emotions. And we have been conditioned by our culture and by other people to apologize for being emotional or apologize for crying. But there's no need to apologize. For authentic relationships are predicated in authenticity by real feelings, including how we are feeling right now, unfiltered how we're feeling. Again, Scripture is full of people who are raw with their emotions and with their honesty, with their feelings. They don't hold it back. They don't filter themselves. They don't slap a Jesus sticker on everything, but they realize what they are feeling, that God is able to handle our emotions. Sometimes we feel like we need to push them aside, but Jesus is our extreme example of this. The eternal second person of the Trinity, while he was in flesh while he was incarnated was overwhelmed to, uh, by sorrow and grief to the point of crying at the grave of his good friend Lazarus. The crowd was there gathering around and the shortest verse in the Bible simply says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. So I need to say this as clearly as I can that the grief that we are experiencing and all the emotion that we are experiencing is not sin. It is not a lack of faith, and there is no need to apologize. We give God our grief by being real and by speaking about what it is. If I don't honestly admit the pain that I'm experiencing, then I cannot give it to God. And if I don't give it to God, then I'm left dealing with it on my own. 
And I will lead, and that will lead to unhealthy decisions. So we need to learn to give it to God by taking time to feel it, to know that God cares for us in the midst of it, and to admit in all of its rawness and unfiltered emotions how we're feeling in the midst of it. When we give God our suffering, the second thing that we experience is that we experience God's comfort. We receive from God his comfort. And comfort is a challenging word. I struggled with this a bit. Because when we think about comfort, we think about being comfortable. Warm blankets and favorite pajamas under, you know, watching our favorite movie. But there's a difference between being comfortable and receiving God's comfort. Because being comfortable has a connotation of just being let easy and, and not being challenged, just being really in a nice little warm space, not stretched or pushed. But we don't grow when we're comfortable. We don't grow in faith. We don't have the strength when we're comfortable. God's comfort is not being comfortable. God's comfort is a source of strength. It's more power to walk through when we need it. So when we give God our grief, we receive the power that we need to live through our grief. In our attempt to just be comfortable, we will settle for escapism. We'll escape by shopping. We escape by overeating. Other destructive addictions that will only lead to further grief and pain, regret and anxiety. Escape only will provide immediate relief, but they will not provide resolution to the pain that we're experiencing. But in our grief, God comforts us with strength to grow in faith through the season, to understand his grace in the midst of it, that it is, his grace is sufficient while our power is weak. So when we are giving our grief to God, we receive his comfort, and we can receive it in a couple of different ways. I'm just going to mention a few. First, we receive God's comfort by his presence with us. God's promise to us is to not leave us or forsake us, and though we walk through the darkest valley, he will be with us. Psalm 139 is a great reminder to us that we cannot go anywhere without the presence of God. If we are the highest of our highest or the lowest of our lows, God's presence is always there, a source of comfort and strength and power and grace. So we are reminded of God's presence with us, and that can come in a lot of different ways. A friend of mine reminded me that he was reminded of the presence of God by an eagle flying over. The words of a song perfectly played on the radio can be a reminder of God's goodness. And we receive that comfort like that. But we also receive his comfort through his word. Jason just talked about this last week. The Word of God activates our faith when we look and hear the stories of men and women who have seen God's goodness in their life. 
When we read about God's mercy and his goodness in the scriptures, it reminds us and it encourages us to continue in his goodness and his presence in our life. And when our emotions are high and our minds are clouded, the word of God grounds us in the hope that we have, the comfort in God's presence. Simply another reason to hide the word of God in our hearts, that it would guide and comfort and strengthen us. But we also receive God's comfort through other believers, brothers and sisters who can walk with us. Second Corinthians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes, to the God of all comfort, the one who comforts us on, in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You see, the family of God, brothers and sisters, we are the conduit through which God's goodness and mercy, comfort, comes to other people. Over this past week, Gina and I have received messages from many of you and others around the country even who have demonstrated uh, God's comfort to us. Some people randomly showing up to our house, encouraging us through text messages, emails, Facebook messages, phone calls. And you need to know that your words to us have been a source of strength and have reminded us of God's comfort, reminded us of God's presence. Your prayers are not insignificant. They are a way in which we receive God's comfort from you, through you. But in order for that to happen, in order for us to receive from brothers and sisters, you have to let others know. You can't suffer in silence. You can't try to manage your grief or your pain on your own. We bring our grief before God. We receive his comfort, but we receive it oftentimes through brothers and sisters, which means we invite them into the journey with us through our pain, through our grief on the road of healing which is what we want to do together this morning. We've already sung, but we believe in the very presence of God in our midst. Where two or more are gathered in his name, he is with us, present. And I know that there's a weight of grief this morning. Not only mine and my family's, but there's a weight of grief here this morning. And whatever that great grief may be, whatever that sorrow may be, we simply invite us to give it to God, to be honest and to understand it and to receive what only God can give, and that is his comfort. So we've created a lot of space in our service this morning. We've just shifted and pivoted the entire thing, and there are two kneeling rails up here in the front and if you want to spend time alone, maybe for the first time authentically praying before God and in your raw honesty to just simply cry out and seek his comfort, I invite you to anywhere, either one of these kneeling rails, come on the side, and just spend time praying by yourself if you like. You don't have to come forward. You can do it right in your chairs if you want to. But if you would like to, the kneeling rails are there for you. If you want someone to pray for you, to pray with you, to stand with you in prayer, then there will be a couple of our elders who will be standing in the back of the room and they would have counted a privilege to pray for you in your time of sorrow and in your time of grief or whatever loss that you're having. And maybe you're not specifically in a, in a season of grief right now. Then would you pray for those around you that are? that you would pray for them if they're kneeling or if they're sitting or if they're in the back or if they're going through something, that you would pray for them. 
that we would together bring our grief and our loss before God to receive the comfort and the strength that only he can give that we can walk through this. Whatever level of grief that you're experiencing, we do this with the assured hope of Christ who suffers with us and in the cross and the resurrection has won the victory over all grief and sorrow and one day will make all things right and all healing will come under his good kingship. See, ours is not a hopeless sorrow, but one that has been overcome and victoriously won by Christ on the cross and in the resurrection. And again, we have plenty of time this morning. We're not rushed. Spend the time and let's pray before God and bring these things before him. May we receive what only he can give us today. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we're grateful for your mercy, for your love and for your kindness, for your promise to be with us, for your encouragement, for your willing to suffer with us, to willing to experience what we experience. I pray that you would meet us where we need you, bring healing to our hearts, that we would have the strength to walk through this dark valley that we would know your grace is sufficient. It's in your name we pray. Amen.